out of boat, ladies and gentlemen. How are y'all doing? I'm your host, Dave Jones. And before I get into my guest today, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast. It's free. We drop gems. Hopefully there's some entertaining things on there. And hopefully there's also some things that are helpful for you in the realm of buying and selling homes. But today we're not here for that. Today we are going to talk about blackness. Today, this is the second episode of the 2024 Black History Month Reflection Series and we're going to talk a little bit more. And we have a special guest again this 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 uh, this year. I'm really really excited about our guests, and I'm excited about the guests that we've had on this series. So if you have not listened to the Black History Month Reflection Series, take a look back. This is about the uh, I think the third or fourth year I've, I've done this, and so there's different Black leaders, community members from the Pacific Northwest and from all over um, that are that are highlighted in this series and so it's super dope and we're just talking about black things and just be a fly on the wall and talk about two and you're just listening to two black people talk about black stuff um from a black perspective and so that's 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 the goal but it's also things that resonate across the board but we're speaking speaking on these things from a black perspective and hopefully it's a safe space for those conversations and that's the goal of this uh so uh, I'm going to get into my guest. I'm going to go ahead and get started. Uh, my my guest is a as a Ohio native, um, and is currently serving as the 11th president at Tacoma Community College, where I actually was an alum and I played basketball there. And you know that's 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 my spot. So of course, <laughs> I got uh, I got to rep that. Uh, has a PhD from Florida State University. Um, has held positions, different positions at Georgia Piedmont, Piedmont uh, Technical College, uh, Lone Star College, and other colleges, and, uh, and, and Arundel Community College, you have to correct me on that pronunciation, but also as an advocate, a published author, uh, a number of scholarly articles and book chapters, um, speaking on improving success and outcomes for black and brown students and uh, those from marginalized communities and really focusing on that advocacy work. So really cool and just a really dope person and just funny and all the things that you would want in your leader. And ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Dr. Ivan Harrell. Did I say your last name right? Yes, you did. All right. Thank you. Thank so, you. Yeah. Welcome to the show, man. I, I appreciate well, you, you coming on. No, it's it's good to be here, and you know you make me sound so so good. Yeah, I mean, come on, I have, to have, I have to have Dave Jones come do all the introductions. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm trying to do better. So honestly, being transparent, I got to be better, man. I want to. I'm trying to gas people up, like because the people I have on the show, I feel like are hella special, and I I really want people to understand, like because it does take a lot to get to where you've got you, where you're at right now, you know, and where you're going, wherever that next thing is. And so like, yeah, that takes a lot of work. Don't shortchange that. You you've put in the time and the work and and been successful. So Well, thank uh, you. Appreciate that. Yeah, wow. so how you doing? I'm good. You know, it's it's Saturday after a long week and I mm -hmm. I guess it's really a long year thus far. I can't believe it. <laughs> Just February even though it'll be March next week. Um, no, but overall, uh, I'm good and, you know, glad to have this opportunity with you. And, you know, as we talked a little bit earlier, this is my first podcast. I'm almost certain it's my first podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so I hope I hope it goes well. Oh, it's going to be just fine. We, we finna get into it. Uh you know, we 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 met through my wife Anne, and mm -hmm. you guys were in. Um, a leadership group uh, core cohort mm -hmm. together yep. and 
I remember her talking just so much about, she was like, you got to meet Ivan because he's just such an impressive person and just, it just all the things. And so lived up to the billing, exceeded. Well, thank, uh, and, thank you. <laughs> and the thing I like about you the most is uh, you're, you're fun, you know, and, and you don't take yourself too seriously. And I think that that is key to a leader, in my opinion, um, you know, someone who at least can understands yeah. like, yeah, I know, I know my role is this, but like, that's not, <laughs> it don't make me yeah. act a different way or, or, or feel too aloof uh, or anything like that. Not, not that I can't have fun. So that's what I noticed first about you, which is, I because we, you, we stay laughing. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. No, and you're, because the work is important, but yeah, we need to have some fun doing it. And, you know, who wants to be around someone who doesn't want to laugh and, and have some fun um so yeah this is just who i am and um yeah it's i was gonna say is that someone who you how you've always been just have you always been like I, someone who laughs and jokes and stuff all the time yeah um yeah i have been and um you know have lots of good friends who you know i also think it keeps you grounded as well um, as you said, you can get into these positions and be up here and then you start to act this certain way and and that doesn't resonate with folks. So, yeah, I have been. I've always liked to have fun and um, and wanted to keep that as I continue to kind of rise up in in the ranks. And, yeah, folks know I like to have fun at work. Um, and it's important because, you know, sometimes you have these hard issues and things you need to deal with and just a little fun can help it um you you to be able to deal with it um a little easier yeah yeah i feel like i feel like if you laugh more at least as as i get older i know if i laugh more um i think i hope i know it feels better and i hope i'm going to live longer like i i don't know i feel like if i i can laugh a little more cuz i'm i'm typically a serious person and and is the same way like Mm -hmm. So in my later years, I'm trying to be better about like, and not that I don't like to laugh and joke I'm yeah. all the time, but like, right. just be more, um, just be more aware of the fact that like, cause you know how, so especially as a black man, cause I don't, I don't smile like in my head, I'm smiling, but mm -hmm. to someone else, they might feel like I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not approachable or because mm -hmm. I'm not smiling outwardly, but in my in mm -hmm. inside, I'm like, oh, I'm good. Like I'm, I was just laughing about something the other minute, but I'll step into a meeting or whatever, and I won't. But like, you don't realize I was just literally laughing about something on Twitter, like as I was walking in the door, you know, like. Yeah. So I'm You're not right. always in. I'm not that as serious as people think I am. I think so. I need to do a better job of of conveying that. Yeah, and I and that's the same with me. Um, yeah, because I have heard from some folks that. You know, at first I was like, ooh, does this man smile? Does he? And then they're like, at some point it was kind of this, you did something. I'm like, oh, he's a human being. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, they're like, next thing you know, yeah, we're laughing and, and joking. I think part of kind of that initial, like you said, when you walk in rooms, et cetera, is, you know, I think part of the guard that we've developed, Yeah, you know, yeah over our lifetimes that you walk into these spaces, you never know what you're going to occur. Um, you know, what is going to be the atmosphere? Um, what's going to be the vibe? And so I think you, a lot of times you walk into these unfamiliar spaces kind of with the guard up and, you know, get to a place where there's a level of comfortability. Um, kind of let more, I let more of myself um, be shown. Um, yeah, but I do think that's probably a kind of protective 
um, thing that, you know, particularly black folks, folks of color have, have developed um, mm -hmm. over their life. But um, I, I found that even more in this position, um, I allow myself to kind of, I think, be even more fun um, mm. than I than I have before. Um, oh. Yeah, tell we, me we, more. Tell me more. I'm interested. I, I think because, like, um, you know, I before there was always someone that I reported to, mm. right? And so um, there's always the thought of yes, be yourself, but um you know you're also representing this person and um which are always going to represent the place that you work etc um but i think there was always this piece of thinking of what the next step was mm -hmm. and making sure that yes i'm being myself yes i'm having fun but also making sure that i'm still maybe behaving in a way that would allow me to get to the next level mm. um well, I'm at that level that I have mm -hmm. been aspiring to be. And yes, I have to make sure I'm a good representation of the college, but I think I'm more freely myself um, now than any other place that I've been, um, which, which has been which has been interesting, um, but it's also been freeing in, in so many ways um, because it's like, yeah, I report to a board of trustees, but internal to the institution, um, it's it's me. And I also think part of that has come from setting examples for others mm. within the institution that, hey, if the president can be up here laughing and having fun, uh, that says that we all can be having fun. Yes, doing great work, um, but having fun and laughing and joking along the way. So I think that that's part of kind of why have gotten to, I think, this place of being even, allowing myself to be even more authentic um, than I have been before. Not that I haven't been myself, but we know there are different kind of levels that yeah, we yeah. turn up and turn down depending on kind of where we are and who we're interacting with. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's funny because there's similar threads, and I hope people that are listening, that are listening to both or all of these, there's threads along the line. And that's one of them, which is and because Tafana spoke on that on her podcast mm. uh, about that piece in, in a different way, but uh -huh. you know, saying a, a similar thing, because I felt the same way when I got to um, this. Well, actually, when I became an assistant principal, <clears throat> I was I was still doing what I was doing, which was being on Twitter, t saying what I think, you know, doing all these things. And I kind of got into some things as a teacher because I was on Twitter before it was like popular to do so so yeah i'm commenting on the game i just coached and commenting on all these other things and, I'm, and i was like oh i maybe should don't maybe shouldn't be putting people's name out there like this you know uh -huh. so i had to learn how to filter but at the same time be thoughtful about what i'm talking about and then when i got to this role um or at least uh here at Winnemere now I'm, I'm in business for myself so right. i can pretty it's it's on me so i can say whatever right. i want and mm -hmm. it's all about like but i also still have to represent the business represent like what we stand for all those things yep. so i i totally get it and i understand that like freeing feeling that you just described um so yeah this, see this is good we ain't even got another questions yet and oh, the topic right. at hand, but we, we just all talking this is yeah. all, this is all the same stuff i mean it's <laughs> it's real so 
this podcast is like about your story and about mm -hmm. protecting CEOs and their health because you sent an article over a really good article. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to link it down low or at least just provide. Hopefully I can just find a place for the link to put it down low so people can read it. Mm -hmm. But um, protecting your CEO and protecting your black leaders. What made you interested in this subject? Um, well, I think a couple. Well, a number of things. Um, so one, you know, you as um, a black person who, um, you know, has gone through life with these goals and whether education, profession or educational or professional um, and the stress that comes with it, the joy that comes with it, but the stress, right? Um, so I think about, you know, from the time I graduated from high school, I had always, always thought about that next step, that next step. What's the next step? Yes, doing good work and enjoying where I am at the time, but what is that next step? What that's next step? And that comes with some stress, right? And um, it also stress causes you to sometimes bring on um, coping with it in not so good ways, like mm. eating, uh, eating and eating and eating and not mm -hmm. working out and what that results in. Um, and so, you know, I've had my struggles um, kind of along the way. And I also saw what sometimes those struggles impacted me in a way that I couldn't, I think, stop me performing at the highest level that I could. Mm -hmm. um, and being a person that always wants to function at the very highest level that I can, um, it bothered me. So I had to, mm -hmm. it became very personal of how can I address you know, address some of the stress, et cetera, in more positive ways. And I'm not saying that I figured all of that out or have gotten all of that place yet. Um, and then I think I thought about, um, it's become even more important to me in this role um, because in, you hear people say this all of the time that being a CEO or president or whoever is that, you know, highest level in that organization can become very lonely. Um, because you don't have a colleague within your institution and, you know, you deal with all of these things that um, can happen within an institution and um, it can become very, very lonely. Um, now, fortunately, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. Yes, I have folks I can talk to and <laughs> yeah. that has that has helped a lot. Um, but since I've been here, um, even in the Washington Community Colleges, there have been presidents who have passed away. Um, and can't say, and you know, there are health things, but we know that stress exasperates yep. um, health issues. And then also, as you mentioned with the article, um, this past fall, um, I think it hit home for so many black CEOs, particularly in higher education, where there was Dr. Arinthia Montague, um, who's a community college president who passed away in office. Um, Dr. Joanne Epps, who is president of Temple University, who passed away in office. Um, and then over the past couple of months, um, and I'm looking to make sure I get her name right, Dr. Antoinette Candia Bailey, who was a vice president of Lincoln University, who committed suicide. And we're and this wow. is all three black women um, serving in leadership positions in higher education. Oh. And I think that was a wake up call for lots of people. Um, you know, as black folk, we knew this stress was always here and we've mm -hmm. 
you know, many times we just suck it up and move forward because, you know, there's always the thought of we have to work harder and um, longer and better than other folks to get to a certain place and sustain that place. But I think um, that really gave an awakening, awakening to so many people that people don't understand unless you're in the role, the stress that comes with mm -hmm. these kind of roles. Um, and so I'm interested in it because it's personal um, for me, but also, you know, lots of my friends and colleagues who are serving in these roles as well. And, you know, the health problems that um, some have had, the divorces that some have had, um, you know, substance, substance abuse um, problems that some have had. And so as we... And I think things are changing in regards, particularly in the black community, where we traditionally haven't talked a lot about mental health and wellness. And mm -hmm. so many of us just, you know, internalize that. Well, things I think are getting a little better. And um, and so I think that's why I've been very interested in this particular piece, because it, it has hit home um, for me and so many people that um, that I know and adore and love. Yeah, it's um, it's funny that you brought this up because when you texted it to me, mm -hmm. I was like, man, I've I've been saying this about because as a black administrator in the Tacoma Public Schools, mm -hmm. um, I I felt that same weight of you know I was the only black administrator on my team, and so mm -hmm. I was carrying a different weight at a predom at a at a school where we had a lot of diversity. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> what you're doing to that leader. And I'm just giving an example of what you just articulated. And this is just a hard example from experience, lived experience for people that are listening. I knew I was going to be probably of a three person team running a school or a high school. I knew I was going to be the only black, a lot of times a black man with a team of, of two white counterparts. And so if I'm in a, in a diverse area, I know I'm carrying a weight that's a little bit different. Now, I understand that I'm not taking that away from women and the weight that they carry in different ways and things like that. Right. Just, I'm, I'm, I want to make sure okay. I preface this, what my comments with, like, I understand that other people are dealing with other things, but the weight of systemic racism uh, is a little, is, is a deep one to bear, especially when you're looking at the outcomes of that racism and you're serving right. in that capacity. So, and to, to improve those outcomes, you have a different weight that you carry as a black uh, leader or administrator. And so absolutely, I, I think that people, um, I, I, so I knew that path was going to be my path before mm -hmm. I even started. Like I was three years in, I was like, okay, I kind of see how this is going because if I were making the team, yeah, I'd want a black person here. I'd need this and I need this. And it's just like, but that's not fair to, to, to the, to the person from a marginalized community because the weight that they got to go home with the stress. I was called an uncle Tom and mm. a, a, a racist in, in 24 hours, you know, like mm. black folk calling me uncle Tom. Cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to like keep the kid out of trouble, whatever. And then he's, I'm coming down to school. All right, cool. Come down here, man. I'll, I'll, let's talk, let's chop it up. Like, mm. and then the next thing, another, a white family's calling me a racist because mm. I'm, I'm doing whatever. And I'm like, damn. And that hurt, you know, mm -hmm. like it always hurts to be called an uncle Tom or something like that. Um, and it always hurt because like, I'm literally doing the work to, to, from, from my people, like, how are you going to call me that? Yes. You know? So, mm -hmm. um, so anyway, that, that added weight, um, that we carry in these roles is, is huge. And so I, as I got out, when you sent that, I was like, man, I've been talking about supporting black and brown, uh, administrators and somehow whether that has, 
I think it could, I think I could serve that role personally because mm-hmm. I've walked in that in those shoes and I actually currently do when I go to FOSS and I talk to people who want to be admin and I, they bend my ear and I'm like here's what you need to look out for yeah <laughs> and it's the real you know and so <clears throat> man it's it, so it real yeah it is and as you said it's um kind of the extra weight of wanting to be a good representation for folks who look like you um, because, um, you know, many people within predominantly white institutions um, haven't had the experience of seeing someone who looks like me um, at the head of an organization. And so, you know, wanting to be that amazing representation for people who look like me, mm-hmm. also at the same time, wanting to do well by everyone at the institution, mm-hmm. no matter who they are, what they look like, what their background is. And um, it's a balance um, that you have to carry, but the weight that comes with it, because as you said, kind of you, in many ways, you get it from all sides. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you um, want to do this, this thing, and some folks think that you only want to do it because you, because you're black. <laughs> um, it's like, no, the data shows that this is what we should be doing. Um, you know, it's, and I think some people bring that, that kind of lens to it that, yeah, he only wants to do, I'm sure he only, only wants to support black, black students, black employees. Um, and I'm not just talking about my experience here, but my experiences throughout, um, my administrative career. And that's a significant weight to carry Mm -hmm. um you know also thinking about as you said living in a society where there is systemic racism Mm -hmm. you also have to and i know um as you said women and other people of color um other marginalized people from other marginalized communities also experience this where things happen and you grapple with well did they say that because i'm black did they say it because I'm just the administrator that is in front of them at the time? You know, for me, are they saying it because of the combination with me being black and gay? Are they saying it because um, they look at me and think I'm this extremely young person that has, you know, questioned whether or not I have the experience needed to even be in this role? To be um, fair, you you coming in kind of glistening and, and well, clean, I mean, clean cut, looking like I mean, you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't take credit for that. You know, that coming in glistening, skin looking all. Like, well, you, I mean, I'm not, you know, but like, you, well, know. you know, I can't take credit for it. You know, the Lord above <laughs> and, and my mother and my father. You know, they're beautiful people. They just you know, <laughs> uh, you, you you think about it. You have these experiences, and you're like why and you think about all these things because it impacts in some ways how you even respond mm-hmm. um and so you know there is that that extra weight that comes to it and um and also knowing that just because of what you look like there are some people who don't want you to be mm-hmm. in that position that you're in and some of that is not just from people who look different than you Man, talk. It's it's not, and so you think like when you put all of that together, and that's all of that together with mixed with 
you trying to do the work that's needed um, to lead whatever it is that you're leading, and then all the stuff that you're carrying along with it, it could be a recipe for disaster in some ways. Um, it, it, it could be. And unfortunately, you see some of that with um, leaders being let go after very short periods of time who, you know, someone else who may have looked different than them gets this long runway to make mistakes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes folks who look like us, that runway is not very, not very long. Mm. So um, it, it is, it's a, it's a lot to carry. Um, mm. and, you know, that's also why um, I believe that there are some folks who are extremely, extremely talented and could serve extremely well in some of these roles, but they look and say, mm-mm, mm-hmm. nope. I'm good because of all the other stuff that comes with it. If I can just do the work, yeah. But all the other stuff that comes with it, particularly when you're at level of president and CEO, because Mm -hmm. someone told me one time and I had to think, and I hadn't really thought about it this way. At every level you come up, there's more of your body exposed to being shot at. Mm. And, um, And so that's why, you know, there are folks who could do exceptionally well um, but they're like, nah, I'm good because all of the other stuff that comes comes with that piece. That's <clears throat> that's a good way to. Pe- I mean, you basically just explained that weight. So when we talk about that weight, you just pretty much broke that down to a T right there, like in terms of what what that means. And I think that um, that that's just a fascinating thing. And, and I read a book called "A uh, Black Faces and White Places." Have you read uh, Dr. Randall Pinkett's book? Uh, I haven't, Faces I haven't White read Places? it. Mm-hmm. it's good because um, <clears throat> it's like a 10-step process and I'm not shilling his book like I, I sat right. down with the man for lunch but he was the first winner of uh, the first black winner of The Apprentice you remember mm-hmm. Donald Trump showed The Apprentice so yes. I met him around that time in 2016 uh-huh. he had a book and Dr. Uh, Melanie Cunningham at PLU mm-hmm. she was doing some work queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did a uh, we did a book study on that book at FOSS with uh, some kids. And then at the end, she had him come and talk to the POU kids and we did a partnership. And then he came and had lunch with the FOSS kids. And I was like, I don't think y'all understand. Like this dude is he's big. Like he, he and so we were sitting down there in our little room eating. And I was like, man, tell me, is he is he because he worked for the dude. But the book is the the premise of the book is when he got to the end and they were both standing up there. And I, I just can envision this on national TV, on NBC. It was on NBC Thursday nights. And he had beaten his his predecessor as a white lady. He'd beaten her already in the earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And then he beat her again in the finals. Mm-hmm. And then 45 asked him, would you hire her? And mm. his response was, he's like, first of all, in my head, he's like, I've never seen this happen before on this show. Whoever wins just wins. Right. I've never been, but I'm the first black winner. And then he said, and his response was, sir, I thought the show was called The Apprentice, not The Apprentice, not The Apprentice, you know? And mm-hmm. and so, but basically the fact that he even got questioned mm-hmm. at the very end after he had beaten this person twice, it was happening on national TV. And this is prior mm-hmm. to him being even in the presidential or politics right. in general. Right. right. So we already know he he's how he thinks. Right. And so I think that it was just an interesting. So Dr. Randall Pink has his book just based on that experience. And, and he's just a written other stuff, but really good book. Um, gave me a lot of perspective. 
And just so this experience that we all, I, I say that, I tell that story like that, this experience that you speak of and mm-hmm. every other, everybody else that's a leader, it's not like a fable, <laughs> you know, like at some point people just have to listen. And so to our point about like support mm-hmm. for black leaders, like mm-hmm. what does that look like? And I, I honestly don't know yet, but hopefully we start the conversation of, of being more serious, especially given the deaths that you just talked about and the way that yeah. people are. Um, I mean, that's just, that's so, that just breaks my heart to hear that. So yeah. on that, yeah, um, I want to, I want to get to this next question. We're going to come back to right. a little bit Good. more of that. Um, I want to get to this next question of you've served in different geographic locations. Mm-hmm. And so how, and how does it, how is the Pacific Northwest different than other areas of you've served and, and staying on the, on the thread of this um, support? Mm-hmm. What's that support look like? if any at all, or is it different in every geographic areas or has, how has the Pacific Northwest been different to you? Um, in all it, different ways, whatever way. You yeah. I, um, well, one is I never thought I'd be living in, <laughs> in Washington, in, in Tacoma, Washington. It was just never on my radar. Uh, now being here almost six years, this this is exactly where I'm supposed to be at this particular mm-hmm. point in time, and mm-hmm. um, and I know we'll get to some other things, um, but this this is where I'm supposed to be. And you know, when you don't live in the Pacific Northwest, you hear about how liberal the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. is, and um, whereas I've lived in Texas and Georgia, um, you know, Virginia, the D, you know, the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, mm-hmm. you know, all of these different places. And you hear about how liberal it is here. And there are lots of things that are more liberal than so many other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, we have, um, the community colleges are legislatively mandated to, um, do training on anti-racism. Whereas there are other parts of the country, they can't even, I have colleagues who can't even talk about anti-racism, diversity, equity, inclusion, et cetera. Oh, wow. But when you get here, you realize that it's not as liberal as um, I think even some folks within the state or within the Pacific Northwest um, still believe it's to be. Because there is, um, you know, I think some people have called it uh, Seattle freeze or or something like that, where there is this, um, folks don't want to say what they really want to say, Mm -hmm. um, or they have these feelings, but kind of go all the way around the bend to have conversations. Um, And... I think that there are some folks here who really believe that they're doing the right thing, but I think the reasons behind it are are questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's been one big difference. Or well, you know, if you're in certain parts of Georgia and Texas, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. There are some folks who are not; um, they aren't ashamed at all to say it, what they believed, etc. Whereas here, um, it's like, no, there are people who believe these things, but how they share it is very, very different. It impacts you in very different ways. 
um, say things in your to your face, um, but then next thing you know, it's something very very different. Um, so I mean, I've been in meetings where we've talked about things, and it's like, all right, we agree on this, and then I hear later like, what I know we just I know we just talked about this and. <laughs> We agreed upon this, but now it's like, oh, no. Um, so that has been an adjustment. Um, and I know other folks who have particularly come from East Coast, et cetera, have mentioned that as well. But, you know, for me, because I've lived in so many places, I've learned to adjust very, very quickly. Um, and I think what also has helped me, as I mentioned before, is... Um, being really, really clear about who I am, what my values are, what I stand for. And so I am upfront and honest with some of the conversations that some people don't want to have or want to talk all the way around the corner in the street before really getting to, to this place. Mm -hmm. So I think that has been a, a difference um, because again, you had, you're in other parts of the country, you just hear about, oh, it is so liberal there. And, um, and again, in many, many ways, it is much more liberal, free and open. Um, you know, I think one thing that has also been different is, which I really, really enjoy, it is, this is a much more laid back place to live. Um, you know, I have been in other places where it's like a rat race. Yep. No matter, you know, personally, professionally and personally, it's like a, a rat race and um, everybody is trying to outdo one another. And here it's like, no, we, slow down. Yeah. You know, people are much more laid back, um, which I really, really enjoy. Um, you know, I've been in places where you were suited and booted every single day, shirt, tie, I mean, every single day. And I enjoy the fact that that's really not the culture here. Um, yes, there are times I need to be su completely suited and booted. There are other times where I can be a little bit more casual, more casual than I've ever been before. Um, and so... I think those are two big things um, that are a little bit different from other places that, that I've lived. Um, but again, I never thought I'd be here, but I really, really enjoy being here. Um, I enjoy, you know, the work, the, I enjoy being at the college. Um, I enjoy living in Tacoma. And I think also Tacoma is a different place. Um, it's not too big, not too small. And also kind of the spirit of collaboration that you just don't see in lots of other places. So, you know, everything has pros and cons, um, but overall, this is a really, really good place to, to live and work. And although I never thought I'd be here, I'm extremely grateful and glad that I am here. Mm. Well, you bring such a wealth of experience uh, and, and having lived in those other areas and being able to tap on that and give us, First of all, like people up here, feedback, myself included, about how we move, um, mm -hmm. and we it's it's helpful for people to hear that um, <clears throat> and hear the real the real version of it because it is true. Like when I say, you know, when I go down to Texas and be like, I love Texas. Like from where I was at, I love I loved all the people. I loved, mm -hmm. I just loved it. Um, and people are like really, and I'm like, I mean, yeah, the politics or whatever. But like when you go to different areas, I would mm -hmm. rather have it be like people tell me what it is 
And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, is like they'll still you still interact. It ain't like you, but you know where they stand. They know, and you just move with respect. All right, cool. I ain't gonna change you. You ain't gonna change me. And I don't, we don't mess with each other like that. But like we got to get this thing done. And I, I actually really liked that. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. That was different for me. Um, and because I had some interactions down there, you know, at some because I was in Beaumont, so you know, like nope. we, I'm out in the country, so it ain't. <laughs> Some towns it was like, yep, it just is what it is, and you just know what it is. But you can still, depending on the time, you just make sure you move, move, move how you want to move. But you know, you just move with respect, and I enjoyed that. Like I was just like, huh, that that's different for me. Um, so yeah, I do I do agree with everything you just said, and it's great perspective. So um, I think that you're important for our and and for to come for the community college you serve and just in general, uh, Tacoma leadership wise, I think it's important that we have you here. Uh, it's, it's Thank you. I think I feel honored. Like, I think we we're honored and we should, should support and celebrate that. Um, Thank you. so honored to be here. Yeah. Uh, so do you, there, the article brings up, um, mm-hmm. a topic on microaggressions and doubt. So you, you kind of touched on that a little bit mm-hmm. and do you feel that, uh, how do those doubts about leadership abilities impact black and brown leaders differently? You already touched on it and mm-hmm. not only just black and brown leaders, but you mentioned gay and being a gay black and brown leader, like you almost mm-hmm. got two strikes again, not against you, quote right. you know, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Just as a saying, a phrase, but yeah. How, how do those microaggressions and doubt of leadership, how does that impact you uh, from your experience? It, um, it makes you doubt yourself sometimes um, in question whether or not you have what it takes to excel in that particular position. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I even here and I've shared with, with others some of the things that, that have happened here. You know, you go back to this place of, and I remember asking someone at the college, um, why are your expectations of me different than the folks who were here before me? Mm. Why? Can you tell me why? And I going back to, you know, as I mentioned before, then I'm saying, well, why? What are the things about me um, that are different? Yes, I'm the first black president. Is that what it is? Um, are you, you the know, first black president? You're the first black president? Mm-hmm. Come on, come yeah. on. Um, but you know, it's um, so you you sometimes start to question yourself. And I remember also someone who is a person who I really trust. Um, you know, it's great to have people at the college who are going to, or no matter where you are, are you know are down for you and I will bring you things and, and I just, um, and I remember one of them saying, Hey, there's someone that, um, it looks like you have a good relationship with Mm. watch it because I was in a walking through the hall and they were having, you know, their water cooler conversation Mm -hmm. and this person. And I heard this person say, I don't care what he does. I will never trust him. Mm. Huh? And and it's just like, well, well, why? Um, (laughs) Why? Like literally, why? 
um, what is it about me that you you can acknowledge um, great work that I've led? You can mm -hmm. acknowledge that there have been significant improvements at the college, but you you will never trust me. Yeah. Um, and and I'll, I'll give you um, this this example kind of. So first commencement. Um, so I got here in May of 2018. So the first commencement, June of 2018. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in the in the room getting dressed, you know, putting on the robe. I love donning my regalia. It's, mm -hmm. you know, I'm it's I'm get upset that I can only wear it a couple times a year. And so. Yeah. So to all you all out there, if you happen to see me walking through the grocery store with my regalia on. That's <laughs> not I just want to but it was getting dressed, put it on, and um, you'll see a lot of um, presidents in their regalia have like this gold chain and um, with the collet seal on it. And there were some um, couple of white female faculty who came up and said, oh, well, oh, well that looks really nice. Um, like, did you just buy that? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and I was like, uh, no. Um, it was here when I got here. Um, and and so I was like, no, not here when I got here. But and then I'm like, well, why would you ask me that? So then I asked um, one of the people um, in the office, who purchased this and when was it? Mm. And it was years before mm -hmm. I got to the college. So mm -hmm. when I was getting dressed the next time, I, I found them and said, oh, I know you asked this question, but just to let you know, um, it's been two presidents ago who got this. So are you not attending commencement or are mm -hmm. you, did you assume something because um, there's something different about me? That's, that's... Of course, there was an audible gasp and, and I just walked away. Um, because I left because my point was made and, but those kind of, and again, I'm at this place now where if you want to put it out, I'm going to come right along with you. I'm always going to be respectful. Um, I'm always going to be respectful. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, from um, what we were talking about a little bit about what I've noticed with the Pacific Northwest, some people just don't like that. It's like they're used mm -hmm. to throwing it out and the president just taking it. Mm, nope. Uh-uh. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. But that strength, I can display the strength, but that still doesn't mean that sometimes I don't internalize that. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, if they think this, how many other people think this? in is sh should i even be here right um and that takes a toll on you those little those little things you know i forget, whoever said something about you know a thousand little cuts or something mm -hmm. whatever I'm, i know i'm completely messing it up <laughs> um, but you you that that happens and you do start to question you know is do i have what it takes or is, are they asking these things because I'm just not performing in a way that I should? Um, but then, you know, you find ways to, to kind of um, deal with it. And, um, and then, you know, you, I've, 
you get up every day. Um, and as I talk with people and kind of mentor them, I say, what I also found is just get up every day, do amazing work and let the work also speak for itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because for those sayers, we, the college, there have been significant improvements made to the college during my time here. Oh, yeah. And that is not, and I want to be clear, that is not just because of me. There are lots of faculty and staff who have done amazing work. And so I can feel good about that piece. And um, so know that, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And what that also does is to those folks who were those naysayers, what, yeah, no one is ever going to be happy about anything. No one's ever going to be happy about everything, but it does then show, uh-huh, yeah, you said these things, but look at how we've improved as an institution. So that's also something that's like, well, let me continue to do good work and let the work speak for itself. Right, man, I did not realize you were the first black uh, president there. So that's huge. That's yeah. that's major. And, and I want to acknowledge that because I understand how it feels to be the first of anything or whatever, um, <clears throat> high school basketball. I was telling this to someone the other day because uh, stadium where I used to coach up the street, um, they have a black coach right now, and he, they're going. They're at state. They play tonight at state. And huh. I went to the last state game there. I was like, man, when we open this gym, this is exactly what I was so proud. I just felt this sense of pride because mm -hmm. I remember when the gym opened up, or you know, they remodeled the school when we came back, and then. I wasn't the head coach at that time. And then the next year I was the head coach, the second year, the new school had opened. And, I, we, you know, we had these visions of like, man, this place, if this place is packed and it, it could be, you know, and, and it was there. And then, and then I look at the sidelines and it's this young brother and I'm like, oh, I just wanted to like, I just, it just made me feel so good. And um, I was telling someone I was, because I was the second boys, black boys basketball head coach in Tacoma history. Um mm -hmm for the five high schools, uh, Owen Chambers being number one, but the difference is Owen was on the east side. I was here in North Tacoma. Uh -huh. So the energy he was getting versus it's the energy different. I was yeah. getting wasn't very the same, right. you know, uh, at all. And, mm -hmm. um, and what I had to navigate, I didn't realize at the time, and we were losing, so I had to be perfect. Um, you know, like there was nothing you could really say about what, I, how I was doing the program, what I was running, what I was doing. Our GPA was above a team through GPA 3.0 all three teams for the first two years. And then it kind of fell off the second and it was just two teams, but you know, I had to make sure I was doing all of those things mm -hmm. to make sure that you couldn't say nothing about like, yeah, you could talk about the product on the court all you want. And that's fair. That's fair game. Now, it's my job to prepare and do all that. But in terms of how I'm going about this job and my why you can never question that. And, mm -hmm. and people still did ad nauseum because it didn't result to wins in a lot of ways. Um, even yeah. though our talent level was not <laughs> the same as my counterparts, you know, mm -hmm. and to add to that, and people don't know about this, when stadium opened up, we couldn't accept transfers. So mm -hmm. in Tacoma, you know how a lot of people be transferring and stuff. Right. We Ours was closed because everyone wanted to come there. It was, it was a brand new school. So they closed it down wow. to just the people in the area and especially so that the affluent families could get in because which it's their neighborhood school. That's cool. It should be that way. But at the same time, I was like, and I had to deal with that. Like, mm. I couldn't have just transfers coming on in and in here. That's just not right. how it was working. So <clears throat> there's just a lot of things that people don't see and or um, don't. And then, and then of course, coming to Windermere, I was the, uh, well, I'm the first black owner of Windermere. 
you know, and that's, no. I didn't know that either. And mm-hmm. so I guess I tell like you being the first black president at TCC, my alma mater, uh, is just, I just, the fact that I'm here talking and we're having this podcast is just super dope. Like, I just think it's when I look at the trajectory of the history of this, of this community, mm-hmm. I don't think of it that way, but some, at some point I will reflect back on it and be like, damn, this is crazy. Well, like, well I can, um, make it a, even a little bit, um, more for you. So the three finalists for this position were all black men. Wow. And so you know, they, they, they know there's a change that needed to be made or is that like, I mean, yeah, I think the board did. Um, yeah, I definitely think the board did. Um, and I remember, you know, getting the call to be a finalist and I was like, Ooh, I'm a, I'm a finalist. Yeah. Me being a black man, that that's, <laughs> I know they want some change, right? And I was like, I mean, happy, extreme, happy, but I'm full of that. Yeah. Oh, that, I can't, I, I can't play that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was all the three finalists were all three black men. Mm, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. I and I remember so asking the search consultant, um, is the college really, really ready for this? Mm. Um, and I can say overall, yeah. It's um, been ready. Yeah. Um, definitely. And actually, yeah, I mean, I think in so many of our spaces, it's overdue. Um, but also think about Tacoma. Um, you know, when I said, I'd never thought I'd be here. I was also like, are there any black people? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about that. Way, way over there expectations versus reality what what is what's that like in terms of like you black people here like yes you're coming from other areas where there's just black spaces where there's yeah in the last place i lived was in atlanta yeah Mm, so so that's like yeah yeah um so i was like wait a minute are there black people and this is and so of course i research and the percentage is low relative Mm -hmm. to other places that i've lived but then also when I was doing research of Tacoma, I'm just like, huh, the mayor is black. Hmm. The superintendent at the time mm-hmm. um, was black. Well, she still is black. Um, <laughs> the, the mayor before the mayor black. Um, it was, I, you started to look, oh, the president of University of Puget Town, black. Mm-hmm. And and I know um and then there's this thing called the Black Collective that they've been meeting for fifty plus years every Saturday. I'm like, wow. So there's got to be a strong black community in this city. Um if there are these black folk in these key positions um within the city. And so coming here. It is, um, I was pleasantly surprised Mm. Um, because, yes, you see these things, but still moving here, when you look at it, it's like 10% black. You're like, am I ever going, am I going to see like a black person like once every 10 days? And and that's not it. Um, You see, this is a very diverse community Mm -hmm. and there is a strong contingent of black folks who are in this community. 
in folks who are still in leadership. I mean, if you yeah. think right now from a higher education perspective in Tacoma, there's Bates, um, UWT, UPS, TCC, Evergreen, um, their Tacoma campus. Mm -hmm. Out of those five, four are black. Um, four are black. And the fifth is an Asian woman. So you still, so out of all five, you're talking about people of color. Um, and so, yeah, that was what I would I have been enjoyed, um, the diverse community here. But I think because of the size of Tacoma, um, more concentrated. So, yeah, it's that was kind of one of my things of like, you know, am I is there really going to be a strong black community? And yes, there is. Um, well, the fact that you're still here, it speaks volumes. I mean, I think that that's, yeah. it has to be fairly strong for you to have those reservations coming in. And then six yep. years later, you're still here and doing this work, this amazing work. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, through um, things like you said, where I, where I met your wife with um, American Leadership Forum. And so I've made great connections with and, and built friendships with lots of folks. And particularly, um, lots of professional black folks here in this community, you know, uh, meet your wife, but then I connect with you. And then yeah, yeah. You think about just the folks um, in this community who are doing black folks who are doing such good work. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And if that wasn't if I didn't feel that part there, because, yes, you can be in a diverse community, but you also as human beings have this innate desire to also have a community of the people who look like you. Mm -hmm. um, and if I didn't feel um, that that was there, yeah, I, I wouldn't be here now almost six years, but it, it is, it, it is present here. And, mm -hmm. you know, even when I talk to, you know, some folks who are in Seattle who don't even realize the black power um, that is here in this community, um, well, that's surprising they don't realize it, but there are still folks like even in Seattle that don't even know um, kind of the black presence um, here in this community. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we just answered my next question, which was kind of speaking on the um, the importance of, of that support, those support networks and mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> particularly for black and brown leaders in academia specifically. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I'm really big on that piece because of the work is so specific uh, in terms of the outcomes and yeah. the, what what we see in, uh, in terms of the gaps. Uh, mm -hmm. And so having that support network that you speak of is, is really crucial. Is there any like built-in support networks for people in academia, like in terms of like, whether it's uh, college presidents, I'm, I'm thinking like, I only think in terms of Tacoma School District and how uh -huh. um, and I speak with Justine all the time on this uh, down at CAB, but how we can support our our marginalized community leaders is there anything in at the at the post yeah. college level yeah so i think of um particularly specifically with the community colleges so there is um the president's roundtable which is a group composed of um black community college presidents um which is a great support network um and it's part of the american association of community colleges and so yeah. There are, are groups like the PRT for black community college presidents for other um, groups of color as well. Um, and then PRT um, is, it, that's, a, that's a great group um, in support. 
Um, there are also kind of leadership um, programs, et cetera. Um, the American Association of Community Colleges always has a summer President's Academy, President's Academy Summer Institute, which is a good time to kind of connect with folks, rejuvenate. Um, we, I think as, um, I think we, particularly in those kind of larger groups can do still a better job in supporting um, women CEOs and um, CEOs who are of color. Um, but some of those things, um, as you referenced that article, really needs to be done at the local level. Yes. Um, and, you know, the article talked about ways for boards to support their CEOs um, of color. And, you know, one of the things that um, I did is I read the article. Um, of course, it reinforced um, and mirrored some of my experiences here. Yep. But also at the end of reading the article, I could say that I'm very fortunate because I have a board that has been doing lots of things in this article that was encouraged for boards to do. And I'm very, very fortunate for that because that's another reason why I'm still here. So, you know, the board has been very, very supportive from day one, yeah. um, you know, making sure I have um, time off, um, you know, making sure that um, any, any kind of supports that I may need um, are there. And not only that is checking in and asking questions, um, checking in to make sure I'm doing okay and are there other things that can be done to assist um and so i'm very fortunate that i have a a board that again has been from day one and i think of um it may have been during my first evaluation i think it was during my first evaluation meeting and one of the things that the board did was say sent out kind of a 360 so sent out a survey to um, folks, um, not everyone at the college, but, you know, my direct reports, like council leaders, union leaders, et cetera. And um, there were a couple of comments in there that said something like, I remember one said something like, there are things that I know he's experienced that the person writing truly believes is on, he's only experiencing it because he's black. Mm. Like they're of saying that, you know, I know there are things that are happening yeah, just because yeah. he's black. And yeah. um, I remember addressing it in my written document. And as we were going through, um, we kind of skipped over that part inadvertently. And one of the board members was like, uh, hold up. We need to go back to this. Mm -hmm. Let's have a conversation. Tell us what have you been experiencing? And let's think about ways that we can support you in that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have to bring it up. They were like, oh, no, no, no. Wait a minute. We skipped over what is a very important part. We need to go back to that. And. And because also sometimes what you see is um, boards across the country who have the desire to bring on someone from a diverse background, mm -hmm. but they're not ready to support them yep. and the college is not ready to support them. And that hasn't been my experience here. Um, it, it hasn't been in which again has allowed me to um, have time to time off. And um, so for instance, my, my contract at the end of every three years, um, I get six continuous weeks off. Mm. Um, so like this summer, I'll be off the months of July and August. 
Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my colleagues don't have that. Um, more and more of them are getting are getting that um, because every time I get a chance to be in front of trustees, like um, presenting with one of my trustees to trustees conferences, etc., I tell boards, y'all need to give your presidents time, give them time. No, I'm like y'all. Unless you've been a president yourself, you don't you don't know what this means and what it feels like the stress that comes with it, the whole, the weight of an entire institution on your shoulders at all times. Mm-hmm. My board recognized that very early on and not just the time, but when I'm off, they allow me to be off, off. Mm-hmm. because that's something else that happens. It's, oh yeah, we, we give you time, but we're going to be expecting you to be checking <laughs> emails and responding. Yeah, that's not being off in my board has been has supported that since day one of when I'm off, I'm off. Um, you know, like during the summer, I'll appoint acting presidents and they have the authority, full authority that, that I would have and mm-hmm. trustees, if they need things, they, you know, work with them and um, and they have stayed true to that. I think the first um, summer that I to, uh, had that July and August off, I may have been contacted like twice. But that was like almost like week number seven, mm. um, where I was actually back here in Tacoma, you know, just resting, et cetera. And, um, and so I think that that is extremely important for folks to know. Yeah, let people, when, if you're going to give them time, give them time to be off. And I remember um, me and one of our trustees, um, Latasha Wortham, you may know LT. Um, we were presenting at a kind of new trustee orientation thing. And she brought this up of encouraging her colleagues to make sure that they're giving time. And she said, you know, this is what we have written into this contract. And mm-hmm. president, uh, no, a trustee said um, from another state said something like, well, how can you do that? Like who's running the college? Um, one of the vice presidents. Mm-hmm. I mean, but... <laughs> I mean, we can't like, you can't just be gone. Like, and then um, what my response to her was, um, if the pre, if your president gets sick right now, who's going to be running the college? Yeah. Right. Right. What, and the vice how president. does the vice president get that experience to be a president that, at some point? That as well. Right. And then if your president dies today, who are you going, who's going to be running the college? The vice president. So you want to wait until the president gets sick? Uh, it's it's like, no, it's... Um, and so all of that, I think, is important. The support at the local level has to be there. And again, I'm very, very fortunate and grateful to um, the trustees at TCC who have recognized that from day one. And they're really a model for so many other boards of trustees. Yeah, I think what you just did, because that was a theme in the in the article, which was, you know, how do how do boards and trustee boards and trustees support uh, black leaders? And 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 that was one of the themes. And you just laid that all out there in terms of and gave some examples of how what that looks like for you and your board, um, because that was an offshoot question that I had, which was like, you know, how do how do you help other boards and trustees? Now, here's the here's the part that I think about that's fascinating and has some impact here and or we can talk about it but like so the idea so what if like let's say that you do have 
some black and brown boards and trustees and they're in their own different types of leadership roles. It might not be a CEO, but it might be middle management. It might be something like that. So, and it might be a different tier, but it's, but it's still the same concepts uh, apply in terms of support. So how do you have, you know, black leadership who needs support in, uh, in these other ways, but also might have another black leader supporting them, but they also need that support. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's almost like, can you pour from an, from a halfway filled cup um, to do that support or think of it because you're kind of trying to survive yourself versus, yeah, I don't know. It's just this weird dynamic that. Yeah. Um, I think, well, you know, I think black folks, other folks of color have learned um, how to support others, even when we're in the need of support ourselves, because mm -hmm. we understand how important that is. Um, but I also think some of that comes through just open and honest conversation mm -hmm. of, because when I was a vice president, I thought I I strongly thought I knew what this role is and what all um, it took and everything. You know, I thought I knew until you get into the seat, you're like, oh, boy, oh, no, I, I was kind of there. Um, and so if you have a relationship with like the board where you can where I always felt I could have open and honest conversation with them because they presented it. Um, in that way and ask questions that opened up the door to have conversations. Mm -hmm. I think just to have that open and honest conversation to even if the person is in their own role is experiencing burnout or um, that they can still hear from you and understand what you're experiencing because of the role in which they're in. And because in that relationship, they are serving in the role in this instance as a trustee. Right, right. So I think um, a lot of black and brown leaders, we have learned to kind of segment things. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I can understand the issues or concerns that I have in my own role, but I also understand this is the role in this relationship that I'm mm -hmm. serving. And I wish I had, and I can, you know, there may be someone to say, I wish I had a board member or with my experience, my boss, my board member, et cetera, hasn't been very supportive. I know what that feels. So I want to make sure that I am giving the support to this particular person that I know is needed because of the experience that I'm having now. Right. And, um, I think uh, a lot of us understand that piece and don't think and don't think in a way of, well, because I don't have this support in the role in my day to day role, uh, I'm not going to be supportive of this person in, in this role. Um, and I think it takes very special folks to be able to do that. And fortunately, we have lots of them in our community who understand that. Um, but I also think it's important for folks like me who do have that support to continue to be vocal in spaces, mm -hmm. um, particularly those who are trustees or other presidents, leaders, et cetera, um, to continue to kind of ring the alarm about how important this is. This is. Right. But it's also a reminder to me as well of how that it's also important for me to make sure I'm supporting the folks who report to me. Right. In that they need as well. 
Um, so, you know, I've told the vice presidents, I recognize, I've told them, I recognize that I have a contract and that has, you know, the board has given me um, this opportunity and I'm opening up the opportunity to you as well. If you feel as though you need to take off a significant amount of time, come up with the plan. Let's talk about it. Right. Um, right. Because that is important as well. And I need to be modeling that for them as well. Yeah. That that's deep. That's that's a lot there. But I like the idea that you you said, and I'm a compartmentalizer, so I I really resonated with that resonated with me because I can compartmentalize well, and I know that's something that I can do well that maybe others can't, and so that's what um, has protected me in some ways, in in, uh, in terms of like being in the role of support versus being in the role of need of asking and needing the support. Yep. I'm not good at asking, and I think that's another thing that us as leaders. Uh, can be better at, uh, which is asking for the support and saying like, mm -hmm. I need help, you know, yeah. and that's, that's something because, because of the armor that you've had to have coming up and like what you'd spoken to earlier in this conversation about having to always look forward to the next thing and be good, mm -hmm. you know, and be excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, and those who are that type of have that type of drive typically aren't ones that be the first to ask for help. <laughs> so which is say that they need help. Yeah. Which is why it's important for the people or person they report to, to open up the door to that conversation, mm -hmm. um, particularly with women and folks of color, mm -hmm. um, because yeah, we work, we work, we are internalize it, try to figure it out. And, also, I think some folks are in situations where um, they feel as though if they do help ask for help, is that sending an indication to the board or whoever is their supervisor, et cetera, et cetera that they really don't have what it takes to be in that role. Mm -hmm. and, um, and there are all kinds of reasons folks don't, um, but that's why it is important for boards and, and other folks who are supervising to open up that door and say, you know, how can I, how can we um, be helpful. Yeah, no, that's, that's big. So ending let's, we're going to wrap, wrap up it here. And this has been a great conversation. Uh, Dr. Ivan Harrell here is dropping jewels. And so <laughs> being more specific, like what, what advice do you have for emerging black and brown leaders who are, cause I know a couple like, um, my friends, Tashi and Trevor, and I have some people at the, my old school who are going through admin programs right now. And I'm always just there as a resource. If they need me, I'm always at the at FOSS on Fridays, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, and you know, I've always just wanted to always be there for someone. Cause I, cause I know I did, I had that, I had that with certain people and I wanted to just be able to give back, mm -hmm. um, in a, in a real casual way. It's not formal at all. It's just asking right. anything. Um, what, what, what advice do you have for emerging, emerging black and brown leaders, uh, who are going through their programs right now and, and mm -hmm. aspiring to be potentially a president of a community college or who knows where their path takes them. Yeah. In no kind of particular order, I think one thing is to make sure that we're always giving back to those folks who, you know, maybe, you know, kind of one step from where we are or whatever the case may be, because the, I could not be, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have those folks who poured into me and um, helped me along the way and still continue to help me. Um, I also think of one of the things I see sometimes we make a mistake is wanting to like, um, this is my first presidency mm -hmm. and there are some who will take their first presidency, their first principalship, 
the first superintendent job almost anywhere for the first to get in the door. Get in the door, yep. A lot of times it doesn't work out the way that they want to. And so one of the things I think is important is to be very careful and do your due diligence, mm -hmm. um, your research, ask all the tough questions that need to be asked for you to really think about, is this the right place for you? And I think sometimes we um, getting these places in like in interviews and we don't want to ask some of the hard questions because, well, maybe they don't, they won't hire me. Well, do you want to be at a place that you ask this question about work-life balance and they don't want to hire you because you asked the question about work-life balance? That's right. probably not who you want to be to begin with. But I think we need to do a better job of asking very specific, what are the needs that you know you have walking into this place and ask those questions about it? Mm. You know, I asked, you know, how, what do y'all think work-life balance is and kind of what does that mean for this particular role? Mm. Um, you know, folks should ask about what are the kinds of supports that I will have if I'm given this opportunity? How will you as the board of trustees or board of education, whatever the case may be, be supportive of me in this role. Mm. Um, what does it mean for you if there is something controversial happening at the institution? What does, how do you support, how would you support me or whoever in, in those particular things? So I think it is important to ask um, very specific questions and mm. Sometimes we're going to be surface, you know, say, but what questions do you have? Oh, well, you know, what do you, what are the three big things you want someone to accomplish? Yeah, I'm, that's important, but also want to know how are you going to support me if I get mm -hmm. this opportunity? Um, also think it's uh, of spending time and having open and honest conversations with folks who may be at that level that you want to be at. Mm -hmm. I think it's good to talk to diverse sets of folks, yeah. but particularly those who um, look like you have had life experiences that you may have had folks who identify in whatever way that you identify, because we know that there are going to be some common experiences that we are going to have no matter where we are in what environment we're in, particularly as we move into leadership roles. Mm. Um, and to ask those questions and, and listen when you, you hear from the folks. I mean, there's sometimes, you know, someone asks a question. I'm like, well, you know, this is how my experience has been. And they're like, oh, well, you know, well, no, well, I don't think that that would be the case. Well, what the hell did you ask me for? You, <laughs> you, you asked me for my experience. I'm telling you. Um, and then also as, as we do is understand that you are never fully prepared for whatever that next role is. Mm, that's a good one. And, and being okay with that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be prepared. Yeah. You need to make sure that you're prepared for that, but you're never fully prepared right. because you, you can ask questions and you can read materials, but you never know what you're walking into until you are actually in that place right. and that experience is huge i mean that's it's kind of like having a baby i don't know because 
you can have all the classes you want. And, but until and when you go home with that baby, it's like, all right, we're kind of, I've never done this before. It's like a science experiment <laughs> almost, but it's living and it's breathing and it's a human. And yeah, um, I remember feeling that way. I was like, this is kind of like the hardest science experiment I've ever done because mm -hmm. I don't have a manual for this yeah. and we just gonna have to learn and, and, and move forward. And I didn't have a dad. Uh, my dad wasn't mm -hmm. around, so I don't know how to be a daddy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of different things that I had around that. Um, and still and do. And folks and still in, in leadership, we have those insecurities. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we question whether or not we have what it takes to serve in that role all where, uh, you know, all the time. And it's like, no, it's, if you walk, I, uh, I do believe if you're walking in a role for the first time and you think that, oh, uh, you got all that it takes to do it. And, you know, because there will be things you're going to have to learn um, that are very specific to their environment. The people are going to be different at every institution. So those are some things I would tell folks to, um, to think about. Well, those are those are great, great pieces and a great way to end off. Um, but I have yeah. one more segment. OK, it'll be a quick one. It's OK, hot take. So OK. Hot take is a segment where I ask you a either or, and okay. you just say which one you prefer, and that's it. Okay, there's only five. One, okay, and it's, it's either or. I so it's an A or B, not a C, D, and E. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although some people be asking, answering with C, D. All right, so, all right, are you ready for hot take? Yep. All right, Janet Jackson or Beyonce? I was just listening to Control the other day, and man, there is no skips on that project. Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I thought that that's where we go. All right. <laughs> would you rather be too hot or too cold? Too hot. <laughs> the wood or the best man? Best man. Cross colors or FUBU? <laughs> Cross color. <laughs> Dang, that was way way back. <laughs> That's why I asked you about Remember skids? Skids? Uh-huh. They were like the balloon pants and they had like a Oh yeah. Like the road sign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was wearing yeah, the cross colors. The cross colors had it, man. The cross colors. There's all kinds of off-brand shoes. South Tacoma Way is where I had to go to get all the off-brand stuff. I didn't have real cross colors. I just had to have the fake ones. Yeah, and my mom, and yeah, because my mom made some skids too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah all right, yeah. last one. The Running Man or the Roger Rabbit? Running Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Running Man's classic. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's classic. Yeah, um, I would say everyone can do it, but that's not true. Um, I, I, but, I'm not a good. I don't got a good running man. My running man's terrible. But I, you know, I've never yeah. worked on it though. I've never. If I worked on it, I'd probably well, be better at it. I never. Worked uh, on see, it. that's just like everything else, right? But yeah, definitely the running man. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. You just passed hot take. That was. That was. Thank easy. you. That was well, easy. thank you. Light work. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, even though some of them aren't really easy, like the first. <laughs> the first one's hard because that's why I ask it because I'm like, man, because I grew up on Janet, so like. She like if you go back, if you go back 
and listen to her her discography mm -hmm. like and i know she had a couple before control but for me control was the one it was like yeah. all right she's a grown woman now she's doing her thing yeah. rhythm nation like i was like you know these there's no skips on control i'm like all these are hits mm -hmm. and i just forgot and we were yeah. on a trip last weekend taking Ann down to Portland and I, I was put I put in the control album. I always mm -hmm. do here in the office just on a Thursday or something. I just feeling some kind of way. I just love that album. I don't know. Maybe it's my Well, my you know what that's remind. I need to go back and, and listen to it again. Oh, it took me it took I mean, me she back. Just, now when I mean she and just she's an awesome performer as well. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. We forget. Uh, we don't give her flowers enough, I feel that, like she's still I, alive. I, she's still here. Yep. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with you. We don't give her her flowers. So I, I, I try to give Janet, I just make sure we give Janet her flowers because she's, she's, she's that, that woman, man. Uh, all right. So how do people get in touch with you or how do they find you or your work or whatever? You got 30 seconds to do whatever. You yes. Want. I have um, Wink, Instagram and Twitter, which is, I guess, called X now. Um, so it's T-C-C-P-R-E-S, like T-C-C Prez. Mm -hmm. um, and then can always find me you know, on the um, T-C-C website. My contact information for work is there. Um, but my team made me get back on social media. So I T-C-C-P-R-E-S, Instagram and Twitter. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. And yeah, this is my first podcast. First podcast. You yeah. survived. See, you're good. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this was good though. This was this was really, really good. Thank, and you, thank you for it. being vulnerable and I appreciate you being in the space. Um and I think Tacoma's lucky to have you. The Tacoma well, at you. large, not just Tacoma Community College and that staff, but Tacoma at large is lucky to have you and you know, I know you're gonna continue doing great work here. So thank you. Thank you. And I can say one last thing, because I would, would be a good president if I didn't say so. Yeah, um, go ahead. TCC is a, a excellent place filled with mm -hmm. excellent people. And that's um, the main reason why I'm still here. Mm -hmm. um, it's just there's just good folks there. And I'm very, very grateful for um, everything that each one of them do every day. Um, that makes my life um, a little easier, but most importantly, makes all the students and communities' lives easier as well. So mm -hmm. thank you. I've really enjoyed our time today. Yeah, well, I'll say as an alum, uh, going back, I, I um, have gone through the some of the new buildings over there mm -hmm. that I drive by every day, a newer, you know, to me. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> those are four-year institution buildings. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the, the facilities are, are amazing. And uh, I just and blown away by the facilities. And, um, you know, I think people should do their, themselves a, a service and go and, and walk Absolutely. the even if you're not um, a part of the academia or you're not planning really? to go to community college, you might want to go take a class or something and you'll oh, just yeah. get to see um, the the quality of, of the campus. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it's- Thank a, you, and the new one, and the new one is coming up right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The one's yeah. being built now night and day um just i was blown away so anyway kudos to you and the, and the work you and your staff are doing over there so really good and you know and i can't take all all that credit um you know there was pamela transu who was president for 18 years she really did led a lot of amazing um transformation at the institution she's still here in the community and is a great supporter as well yeah just amazing so thank you
All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up our second Black History Month Reflection Series podcast. Uh, Dr. Ivan Harrell has just blessed us today. We've had Dr. Tafana Irvin. We got a couple more. So thank you all for being on and thank you for being transparent. And and hopefully uh, you got to be a fly on the wall and listen to some really good conversation here. Uh, And with that, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thank you.